0: Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day, and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast, by Priests for Life. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, are also groan within ourselves as we await for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now, hope that sees for itself is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with endurance. In the same way, the Spirit, too, comes to the aid of our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. And the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined, to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. I will hear what God proclaims. The Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him. And salvation along the way of his steps. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you were cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, friends, we are about to celebrate Independence Day. Now, it was on this day, July the 2nd, that actually the vote for independence happened. Among our founders, among the 13 original colonies, they voted on July the 2nd to declare independence from King George III of Britain. And you know, John Adams, our second president and a signer of the declaration, thought that July 2nd would be the day that there would be, uh, uh, for generations and generations to come, this celebration of independence. But as it happened, July the 4th became the date, because that was the day, two days afterwards, that the Second Continental Congress actually ratified that beautiful document, relatively short, called the Declaration of Independence, a document that invokes God four different times as the giver of our rights, as the uh, God of, of whose law prevails in the universe, as the supreme judge of the world, and as the God in whose providence the founders entrusted the, this great experiment in self-governance. That declaration actually has a litany of abuses the the bulk of the document uh, after those very well-known words about the unalienable rights that we all have from the Creator starting with life and that he indeed is the source of those rights that governments exist to secure. The document then goes on to, to describe in detail why the founders thought it necessary to declare independence to cast off the yoke of tyranny. And among all the, in all that litany of abuses is a violation, violation after violation, of basic human rights and dignity. Interference, furthermore, with the ability to govern, to be represented, to have courts and legislators and fairness and order in our public life. So we pray on this 246th anniversary, 246th birthday of our country, that we'll continue to get it right. The founders had it so right that you cannot improve on what they said when you have a declaration that all are created equal. It doesn't get better than that that all have their rights from God and that governments exist to secure that right, it doesn't get better than that. You can't conceive of something better than that as far as principles of, of behind politics and governance. That people govern themselves and that their governors govern only by the consent of the governed, it doesn't get better than that. And that's why you know, we are the only country in the world today still operating under its original constitution and original founding documents. We have the Declaration of Independence that declares the principles, and then the Constitution describes the mechanism for living under those principles. It doesn't get any better. So we pray, as we celebrate Independence Day, that we'll stay on that right track. We've been, we've stayed on that right track because we've declared the principles. Now, you know we all fall short as individuals, as a nation, we can point out very well all the deficiencies and failures, but we're the country that has declared the principles, and we reform ourselves. Look at what we just did in regard to abortion. As a nation, our system worked in correcting the fundamental error that we've been living under for the last 50 years, that there's some kind of constitutional right to abortion, we finally corrected that mistaken notion. Now we, there is work to do, but so was there work to do in 1954 after Brown v. Board of Education reversed, the Supreme Court reversed itself about segregation. There was still work to do before the Civil Rights Act was passed and and uh, we continued rooting out segregation from our midst, so now we have to continue rooting out abortion from our midst. But the point is we're on that track. So the church provides these beautiful prayers and readings today for that purpose, for the progress of peoples, because that's why governments exist. Governments exist for the human person, not the other way around. Not with some kind of communistic, socialistic, ridiculous Uh, inverted, upside down, inside out, twisted and distorted notion that somehow the individual exists for the state. That somehow the individual is supposed to be absorbed and subservient to the state. No, there's no state apart from the dignity of the human person and we create government as a tool to serve human dignity. For the progress of peoples, that opening prayer talked about the development and advancement of people's in equity. In other words, leading to constant recognition of an equality before the law. On the, on the very building of the Supreme Court, by the way, it says equal justice under law. So we have in these readings today the warning from our Lord about the service to be given to one another and that it is a service that we are to understand is given to Christ himself so we serve and and when we say we the government has its role but the service and the charity And the meeting of the needs is not simply the role of government. It is up to individuals, families, churches, ministries. And the government is to make sure that those individuals, families, churches, and ministries can act freely and fruitfully, that they're not oppressed by government regulations, certainly not prohibited from doing the work of service that they do, motivated by their faith. And then all of this works together. The government has its limited role, And then all of us carry out these words of Jesus. Whatever you did to the least, you did to me. Now the opening of the Mass, the entrance antiphon, quoted from the first letter of John, if you see someone in need, and of course it's reflected here in the Gospel passage, and you don't care for them in their need, how can God's love survive in you? Love God, you must love your neighbor. How can you love the God you don't see if you don't love the neighbor you do see? The two parts of the great commandment. Now, if that is true in regard to being hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison, alone, abandoned, needing clothing, if that applies to needing clothing, how does it apply to needing life? if you see someone in danger of their life being taken and you don't tend to them in their need how can the love of God survive in you and therefore we come back to the fundamental question of the protection of life the first right mentioned in that document ratified on the 4th of July 246 years ago if we see the unborn if we know that these children in the womb are in danger of losing their lives and we don't do something and we don't respond and we don't speak up and we don't, if we are in a position to pass laws, render court decisions, or do something to intervene to protect them, how can the love of God survive in us? And we're all in a position to do something not the least of which way is to work for the laws and the policies that will protect these babies. What's the excuse for doing nothing? And what furthermore would be the excuse, as we see coming out of the lips of some of the highest people in government right now, for actually working in the opposite direction? Let's have more Abortion. Let's have it easier to get. Let's have more money flowing in to this industry that kills children. What on earth can be the excuse for this? Brothers and sisters, as we celebrate Independence Day, let's really celebrate independence by rejoicing in the freedom that we have, by rejoicing in the freedom that we are more and more affording to the unborn. Not because it's a favor from us, but because it is their right. Thank you, Lord, for giving the vision to our founding fathers. The vision on which we build, in which we live. A promise for today and a task for tomorrow. And may we have a blessed Independence Day celebration. Amen.